All right, here we are now recording the Pancreation Philosophy Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's episode 117. Let's see. Yeah. Shout out to everyone that supports me on Patreon. That's patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can find me at patreon.com slash pancreation. That's pancreation spelled P-A-N-K-R-A-T-I-O-N. Let's see. Let's shout out to the people supporting. Let's get your names out there. We got Aaron Heron, Hayden Hurley, Jess Paul Gill, Jay White, Kong, Tom Kravitz. Thanks for supporting the show, guys. Thank you to my homie on SoundCloud, Floating Forest, providing me the intro music. And yeah. So let's talk about my guest today. He is a writer, a comedian, and a black person. Jay Jones, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> reggae horn, reggae horn, reggae, reggae horn. I do need, I do need to like get one of the sound effects. It's just like, bro, that, that's just so much fun. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of just yelling reggae horn and just because it sounds like nonsense until you figure out what I'm doing. Reggae horn. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you guys know? Reggae horn. <laughs> reggae horn. Reggae horn. Just walk around <laughs> doing that in the streets. It's the yeah. best. <laughs> People uh, know me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reggae horn guy just came over here. Was he? Did he have a reggae horn? No, he just kept saying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Uh, I was getting a yeah. hot dog, and this dude just kept yelling reggae horn in the streets, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're you're just like an anime character in that sense. It's like, well, if I just if I just announce the attack, that's just good. <laughs> that, that, that's as good as doing the attack. <laughs> it it, uh, it basically does make me an anime character at that point because I am just calling out what I want. Just, yeah. My dream is to have like a legitimate like to have enough money to be able to pay a band to just follow me in the streets. Oh hell like yeah! A parade, not a parade, because a parade is like like we got a designated route. I'm just just my day. Like it's just wherever yeah. the fuck I'm going. Yeah, I get in my car. Y'all go get in your cars too. Exactly. <laughs> you follow me. I want music while it's happening. So you got to drive and play. Level difference, little high. Music that just follows you. Yeah. I need it. I, yeah, my life yeah. is is I need it because my life is dramatic, and for sure. I need everyone around me to know how much drama my life is going yeah. through right now. Well, that was for sure would punctuate all that drama because it's like when in a movie you understand when when stuff's going down because like the music picks up, like people are like, oh man, Jay must be around. I hear his music playing <laughs> like around here. Like you just get tense in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm yeah. coming when like three people with violins come in and just start playing minor <laughs> notes. It's like, oh yeah. shit, yeah. Jay's on the way. It's yeah, it's. Those minor notes? <laughs> that's definitely C minor. That's that's J. We should get out of here. <laughs> that's a C minor note. I know this note. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> Nothing good is coming from this. <laughs> oh, oh man, I will ruin a Starbucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Starbucks hits the maximum capacity. It's like, oh man. <laughs> oh. It's just me and my band. Just yeah. Me getting my one coffee and my band just playing through that entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, if they mess up your drink, they just like play faster. <laughs> like, oh no, pressure's on. <laughs> <Don't mess> up. <laughs> I feel like you get a nice little build up. You know, the orchestra swell. Yeah. You're like, uh, excuse me. I didn't ask for a latte. I'm not. <laughs> Dun dun dun! Lactose intolerant. <laughs> I feel like it. That's man. That that's how I need my life to be, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for. If anyone ever asks, like, why yeah. I do anything I do, like, how much money is enough money for me? Yeah. That's enough for me. That's what I want. It's either yeah, that or yeah. I need enough to be able to like pick up a phone. Yeah. This is gonna sound crazy, but hold in, hang in there with me. Okay, I need enough there. to be able to pick up a phone. Yeah. Call it call any lawyer in the country, any lawyer okay. in the country, and be like, look, I'm about to murder somebody. Yeah. I need I, I need you, I need your help. Don't worry. It's not gonna be quote unquote premeditated. It'll sound like an argument, but yeah. 
I'll call you back in 45 minutes and they'll just be like, cool. That's, that's where I need to be in life. Yeah. I need to be able to murder someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah. Murder someone and, and the Lord be like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> You'll be good. I need that OJ money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. That's like, hey, man. But that's the thing. It's like you got to to know where you want to go. You need like a clear destination. It sounds like you got, you, you got, you, you know how far you're trying to get. Yeah. When well, your goal is OJ money, though, I mean, really, what are you trying to do? <laughs> yeah. OJ money. Yeah. Just, just be sure you don't go to jail for some unrelated to murder. <laughs> oh, man. he. You, that's what's the craziest part about everything with OJ was like, like you beat a double murder charge. Yeah. And then you decide to go rob some like you. You got away with what is quite possibly one of one of the greatest crimes in history. For sure. Like, like he, and I, I don't know. I know I, I, I was announced as a black person, and I am a yeah. black person. I'm not, I'm not contradicting that. I just yeah. want to want to make sure I say it. I know that generally black people have the the, the monolithic stance of uh, yeah. OJ didn't do it. OJ did it. All right, look. Yeah. <laughs> OJ, like if anything, yeah. I feel like as a as a um, I almost said as a nation, but I felt like that that's the wrong that's the wrong connotation. Not a black nation. I'm not Janet. As a <laughs> <laughs> As a, I feel like as a collective, as black people, we should yeah. we should own that OJ did it and got away with it because that's a greater feat. Yeah. Than just he it didn't do it. OJ owns it. <laughs> oh, I, I did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, okay. So let's say I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say I did. That's just. <laughs> so, yeah. I know. Hypothetical. Like he's just styling on people now by by, by yeah. writing by having that book. Wrote. Written. <laughs> I I've I kind of want him to like break out a couple sequels and let's and like just have him just give hypotheticals of how he could have done it like other ways. Like I could have also done this. Yeah, I could have <laughs> I could have hired this guy because I did look yeah. into it, but I decided against it. I would have loved to just hear him just run down all the stuff he was gonna do, oh, and then sure. we did. It becomes I like a whole series, a <laughs> <laughs> like a Book Game four. of Thrones series. <laughs> I planned an entire cruise in the shark infested waters. <laughs> I had been bathing Nicole and Ron and <laughs> Chum for weeks. Yeah. As part of a weird orgy that I had never bothered to explain to them. Shoved them into the water. That's how I did it. No. <laughs> that's extreme. Um, yeah. That's extreme. But also in terms of money, I was like, man, you you put all this effort to put out a book? That's what LJ money, baby. That's what, yeah, that is money, that's what yeah. it's about. I have enough money to do it and to get away with it. And that's that's the goal, right? <laughs> That's not the goal. Please don't let that be your goal in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people like turn off. Like, well, that's all I had to hear about that. Done and done. I'm gonna go kill someone and get away with it. Yeah. ABC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, that's the chosen show. Shout out to Shonda Rhimes. Uh, it's a great show, by the way. I watched the first season and I was like, this has so many black people in it. None of these people are gonna get away with this murder. And then I got to watch it. <laughs> this murder. The realest people are with it. <laughs> but wow. I guess in retrospect, I did miss one specific point about that. I guess, like, they could have murdered another black person and they totally would have got away with it. All right, up <laughs> top. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm not, I'm uh, not really proud of that one, but I'm like, I mean, it was good. I mean, like, I'm not going to deny his greatness. <laughs> um, <laughs> I promise I'm not that full of myself. Yo, how have you been? I actually have not I'm asked good. that. Yeah. yeah? Thanks, man. Yeah. Like how yeah. is training uh in Corona? Like so I know like obviously like you know weightlifting is still whatever, whatever. I feel like you can still do that within the, yeah. the confines of a gym. Yeah. But like like how is like sparring? Like, do oh, y'all man. do like a temperature check? Is it like you go get the full deal? Like how how do you handle that? Yeah, so pretty much like what it is, it's all like well, at least the gyms in the area, you know, well in the Seattle area that that, that we live in, all they're 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 all still closed. So pretty much it's all if anything, man, it's getting like Fight Club kind of thing. Oh, where, living room fight. Where it's like, hey, don't ask. It's like, just you walk into a fancy mansion and yeah. just have one room cleared out. Yeah. <laughs> I always knew rich people wanted this. <laughs> We're joking about that, but like I remember, uh, and I don't know. So some of this, I, I know I'm older than you, but I don't. I, wait, yeah. am I older than you? I'm older than you, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, like I'm. Th- I turned 38 in July, so I assume I'm older than you. Yeah, right. You don't, wow. Okay, cool. So <laughs> whatever. I'm way older than you, but we're not that much older. But like I don't I think you might remember too. There was this time when like barroom fighting was a like 
yeah. fucking sport. Like it was a thing that people straight up and down did. It was like these bare knuckle brawls, like bare knuckle, yeah. bare knuckle. Uh, well, not bar, but bare knuckle brawls. But like yeah, bare, bare knuckle, knuckle boxing is coming back, which is dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, depending on what you're into, but yeah, like I remember that was like the kind of beginning of cage fighting, where like there were no weight classes. And it was in Florida for some reason. It was never. Of course, it's in Florida. <laughs> it was never anywhere else. It was always just like, come to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no man. classes. And I, I remember seeing dudes who were like, you know, like 130 go up against like these 200, 230 yeah. pound, like heavyweight class oh, fucking monsters. Sure. Yeah, I man. mean, sometimes you see like, you know, everyone wants to see David versus the Goliath, which is why I think they let that happen. Cause, you know, you yeah. want to see a. I mean, like, if you're if you're a big dude, you don't want to see it. So I guess I I guess I kind of don't want to see it. But like we all enjoy secretly, like yeah. when you see the little you know five foot one dude jump off the bar stool and like KO the motherfucker, like yeah, like Bloodsport style. We all love that shit. So like yeah, that's true because it's like a movie imagery. But all, yeah. but all, also honestly, that's not that practical. <laughs> like from no. there. Yeah. No, because like the other nine times out of ten, that poor yeah. little dude gets his ass handed to him with one hit. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not. Yeah, because one, we're not in an, an anime, but yeah, yeah. I, I definitely remember. I know it was like Florida. I don't know for some reason, it's just or well, a lot of places in the south just having to be home for like <laughs> when it comes to, like something. Oh, this seems kind of illegal. Yeah, we'll do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> The further south and the further southeast you go, like you're more yeah. likely to find more shit. So, like if you're up in North Carolina, not a lot of legal shit happening. But then come on down south towards South Carolina, yeah. come on down the coast, and you will find your illegal shit real quick yeah. in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I remember speaking of Florida, I had I had some friends, you know, that were well, but well, both of them were legit fighters, but they got invited to this like promotion that mm-hmm. was, I mean, it wasn't bare knuckle. But what it was was uh, essentially, it starts out as three people in a free for all, and then, and then onto two, and then yeah, and then like pretty much like a last man standing kind of thing. It's like a battle royale. Yeah, essentially, right. yeah, essentially a, a, like a mini battle royale, and they would have like they would have it like tournament style, and I and I go like, you guys aren't actually gonna do that. That sounds like. <laughs> That that, that, that sounds you... like well, one. That's that sounds like I don't know how you can sanction that. It sounds like yeah. something that, that, that shouldn't be gone. But, I don't. Um, I don't feel like. Damn, because at at some point it's two on one, right? Yes. At some at some point, point two people like are going to be like, on. It would be two on one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at some point, you you might have like three people who just outright flat out hate each other, and like I'm just gonna go after, but eventually. Someone goes into a position there where they're vulnerable, and another person is is taking advantage of it. And yes. then either the third person attacks the person who's taking advantage, which is stupid, because then you get the other person out of trouble, yeah. or they attack the person who is vulnerable, which is the smarter play, and which was probably what happened. Then you knock yeah. them out, and then you go back to a normal—not normal, but like a two-person. Yeah, I can do this fight. So like, exactly. yeah, that's just someone in that fight is going to get like seriously hurt. Exactly. It's very pretty much quickly. like it's like one third of a chance to just get stomped by by two people. <laughs> I feel like that's a horrible that's a horrible proposition. Who would yeah, who in their right mind would join this? <laughs> and truly, if you're if you're a person of color in the South, you're already at a one third chance to get stomped by two people. <laughs> <To> get stomped. <laughs> you're already there. Like it's like, God damn it! Now I'm at a sixty six percent chance. Is that how statistics work? <laughs> We're just add it together. I don't know. Is that how numbers work? <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure that's wrong. That sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not how numbers work. I I I graduated college, but definitely not for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no mathematicians on this podcast. Just just letting uh, people know. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, if hey, if if that's wrong, write in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to write and call yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, if you got the no. right statistic, give it, give it to us. <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't claim to be an expert uh, on anything, and I will happily spew ignorance about most of the stuff I talk about. <laughs> well, at least you're aware of it. You know, I feel like a lot of people. If anything, the most dangerous people are the people that think that they know something and then dispute oh. that knowledge. You know, there's a lot of those people in the world today. Actually, it's I feel, yeah. I feel like more so than ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's 
so like it's it's a uh, it's one of those things where um and i've been saying this for a while it's, it's it's a saying of mine that i i and i say when i say i made it i i don't mean this to brag but it's something i wrote when i was younger and i still think it holds okay it's, uh so it's, it's the um i want to make sure i say it correctly so i always get it backwards but it's the uh while ignorance may be the absence of knowledge mm-hmm. knowledge isn't necessarily the absence of ignorance ah yes so it's it's one of those things where uh some people may have knowledge but you know willful ignorance isn't really belied by knowledge. Like there are many things that I, I may know. And I, this is a weird, subtle uh, tone shift. What up listeners? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ha, ha, what? Why are we so serious now? <laughs> what happened? What the fuck just happened? Am I on the same podcast? No, yeah, same podcast. Uh, but no, it's, 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 it's one of those things where uh, we actually um, are willfully ignorant about things in everyday life. And it's, sometimes it's harmful, right? Sometimes it's just, it's playful. Uh, yeah. willful ignorance and it's 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 like how we get through our day yeah. like uh you know um a lot of us may use uber or lyft some of us may be like well i don't use uber because uber is uh you know terrible and how they and, and that's great but i i guarantee you uh lyft is not much better and but willful ignorance right it's like well yeah. I, I gotta i gotta get here and one of or two or three of these things is how i'm gonna do it i can't do taxis because you know they're bullshit Uber yeah. is also bullshit, so it's the lesser evil. And so then we're willfully ignorant about it and we make ourselves feel good about mm-hmm. that choice. I think we do that about a lot of stuff in everyday life. And oh, for sure. the danger is that there are a lot of people who do it about things that impact other people's lives and their ability to live the, their lives. Oh, yes. And so like being aware of where we're willfully ignorant, I think there are spots where we're willfully ignorant. We, we don't say it or think of it that way. But it is what we are. And I think if we become aware of those spots where we, you know, maybe it's a little bit more, quote unquote, harmless, willful ignorance, maybe then we start being a little bit more uh, willing to look at some of these spots that might be more harmful as far as our willful ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that point that there's, yeah, the, I mean, there's just a lot of everyday aspects of life that, um, yeah, that people are just, yeah, just ignorant or un- unaware of. And, yeah, never really even bothered to like to look further into that. So I guess it's like I don't know, kind of it's like how 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 do people even become aware that they are willfully ignorant on on some things or cuz it's it's almost cuz it's easier to like to stay ignorant. Well, that, yeah, that that's case. why ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just it's easier to, it's it's you're happy and dumb. I, th- I feel like some of the the issue I guess is when so like mm-hmm. It's easier to be dumb, uh, but you know it, it's also we're in a world where it's it's actually kind of hard to be dumb now. Yeah. And so so it's easier if you are you know ignorance is bliss, but it's difficult to be ignorant. So so willful ignorance is when you kind of choose. I'd yeah. rather be quote unquote happy. I'd rather personally, basically, you center your own happiness, and I'd rather be happy than uh, you know be concerned about this thing. For some stuff, it's cool. Like you know, I'd rather be happy than uh, you know, I'd rather be happy and drink this coke in the moment. Then be worried about the fact that it's loaded in high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. That's just hurting myself, you know. Up top to me on that. Cool. I'm only hurting myself here. Um, but then, you know, on other things, it, it starts getting a little bit more damaging. Whereas, well, I'd rather be happy and you know uh, not pay attention to. Uh, and I guess I don't want to hit this point too too quickly, so I won't say that. But I, I'd rather be happy and not pay attention uh, to to maybe um, a really messed up situation that I am either encouraging or supporting or not even doing, or just, you know, ignoring, <laughs> I'd rather be happy than pay attention to it. Maybe it's something at your job. Maybe it's something in your family. Maybe it's something, you know, in your friend circle. And it's easier for you to just ignore it and, and be comfortable than to actually have a, a conversation and talk about it or, you know, address it or even try to root it out in some cases. And I think that's where the danger is, is where when we, we purposely choose, like we know it's there and we know that something's up with it, but it's like, oh, it's too hard. And so then yeah. we we just don't try. True. Yeah. It's like uh it's like if you saw a bunch of pieces of a puzzle and you're like, I'm not figuring this out. I'll just leave. I'll just leave here. Yeah. I feel like that's unfair because I do that with puzzles in general. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with all puzzles. Like I, I really am on all puzzles don't matter. Like I don't, all puzzles don't matter. All puzzles don't matter. They don't. I, yeah. I hate puzzles. Um yeah. I don't understand it. Like, yeah. Okay, look. 
My feeling was, if the picture was good enough, why did they take it apart? Correct. <laughs> like, not just that, but, like, I've never completed a puzzle and been like, oh, I did something. Because you really, <laughs> it's, it's never, I never feel like, like, uh, like I've done, like, even when I was a kid, it's I remember- I remember as a kid, I put up, and maybe this is what happened. As a kid, I put a puzzle together, and my mom was like, oh, I want you to feel like you accomplished something. So she flipped it over, and then like we uh, taped the back, and then we hung it up in my room. And so okay. it was hanging on my room. It's like, ah, now I've, I've made something. I've, I've created this work of art, though really I didn't. And so yeah. then it, it kind of felt like something. But I remember okay. what happened is one day I bumped into it, and it fell to the ground, and it crumpled oh. back into a puzzle. And then I... Would have, I didn't, but I would have had to put all those puzzle pieces back together. Yeah. And in, that's in that moment I realized this is pointless. Yeah. It's just the definition of, of like yeah. <laughs> impermanence. Like I can't, I need, I need stability in my life and puzzles do not provide that for me. And yeah. it's, it's just, it's not, it's not for yeah. me. That's nice. It was on that day that Jay turned his back <laughs> on puzzles. <laughs> I was like, no more puzzles. We cannot. <laughs> this is, yeah. I can I can no longer condone this activity yeah. from you. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just thinking like, well, well, back to your thing about having like uh, having music in your life. I could just imagine like, like a Spider-Man scenario where he's like walking away from the Spider-Man suit. Jay's like, I will never pick up a puzzle piece again and complete it as he's and just you know walking away from your puzzle. What, <laughs> what's really weird about that entire stance, though, uh, is yeah. that... I hated puzzles as a kid. Love Legos, and that's stupid when you think about it. Like that's dumb when you think about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I get that fucking puzzle away from me. What's that? You want me to build something out of blocks? Of course I'll do that. Is there instructions? Because I need those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's completely different. <laughs> this is this. Of course, this is different. What? What do yeah. you mean? It, it it rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it rolls after it gets done, so it's not yeah. like this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever uh, make like the 3D, like the 3D puzzles that were the really intricate? Like they would be like the uh, like Notre Dame, or and it would be like raise up off the table, and they're like it was literally like a, a three dimensional um, object once you were done. No, I've I've not. I guess I, I I've never I've completed one. I've never I've completed one. Yeah. I've seen it. I I keep so I've been asking people this every time I talk about puzzles because I I who's okay. finishing those shits? Because no one I've met so far has finished one. Yeah, it's always like I've seen like, like at, at fairs and like yeah. uh, public events when they're like, "Oh, look at this! Here's the world's largest pig. Um, here's here's a, a pumpkin the size of a car, and yeah. then here's a three dimensional puzzle someone completed one time. Yeah. That's like on the same level, sadly enough. For sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know anyone who's done any of those things. Is what I mean. I think it's one of those things that you can <laughs> say that you've done and no one would like acknowledge it it's like it's like one of those espn eight diocho sports it's like yeah i'm really good at cornhole and it's like okay <laughs> that's that's nice because <laughs> you know what yeah. else is someone, what else is someone gonna say <laughs> like, like, like we're making fun of it now but i feel like those people are like prospering right now right like i mean like yeah cornholes uh athletes are like this is their time to shine like the no for sure down, and yeah. it fell is down like yeah. i i saw a cornhole on espn one which, no. Yes. WTF ESPN. <laughs> like, yeah. How yeah, exactly. dire is it? It's like when the guys that to... hustled, you know, like, you know, the, like, five years ago, like some guy in 2015 goes like, you know what? Cornhole, this is it. This is it. This is, this is my time. <laughs> like, I, I will, I will be on ESPN one day. And yeah. He, he, I never he thought it would right. happen. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. I, I never thought it would happen. I, I, mean, I yeah. think it's, be, I, I don't take cornhole seriously as a sport. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't take I any don't sport seriously that I can hold a beer while I play comfortably. I, th- I think. I think that's a pretty good call. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't take it seriously. Like, I can't shoot baskets. Like, I can't play basketball and hold a beer comfortably, right? Yeah. yeah. But I can a hundred percent play darts. Darts is yeah. not a sport. Yeah, that's just how I. I can't. I can't. Uh, you know, run a touchdown. And hold a beer comfortably. I'm talking like a mug too, not none of the can shit. Maybe I can get away with a can. I don't know. But with a mug, I know I can't. I can't do it. I feel like with a bottle, like 100 can. I have dyed some shit with a bottle in my hand. But with but a like mug, a I can't though? do it. Like, yeah. Like with a mug, I can't do it. No, with a bottle, I, I feel like with a bottle, I have a chance. I'm gonna spill yeah. some because you know I'm not a hero. But <laughs> I, <feel> like, 
I feel like I can burst. I, I feel like I could burst out with the football in my left arm and a, and a, a beer bottle in my right hand. I feel like I could burst out a touchdown run. Yeah, it would have to be like a. It have to be a sweep. Not up the middle. I'm not going to go up the middle with a beer in my hand. I can't do it. <laughs> but like a good sweep, you know, a cut yeah. back, a reverse. Yeah, I can do that with a beer. You know, take a couple sips while I'm running just for a showboat. That's a good time. But like I'm saying, with a, a mug though, you can't do it. I can't. Yeah. I can't hit the juke sick with a mug in my hand. That's just beer all over the spiel, all over the field, all over the ref, all over my uniform. That's not a good time for anybody. That's what yeah. I'm That's how you can tell a sport if you can do it with a beer in your hand, a mug of beer. It's not a sport. Yeah, cricket, not a sport. Cricket, not, right. not not a sport. I'm not even. I don't even know how how people play cricket. So, uh. it's it's very baseball like, and arguably baseball is not a sport because okay. most of baseball you can do with like if you're in the outfield, you can have a beer. Okay, really. Yeah, only no, that's matters. The thing. I think baseball kind of hits that. Like, wait a minute, is this really? <laughs> is is this a sport? Like, two people there. are playing a sport, and then like. <laughs> <laughs> 14, 14 other people are just like watching yeah. like yo this 14 is are dope. active spectators until something <laughs> <laughs> like this is uh, dope they yeah. are playing a chess battle up there that I can barely see from back here oh yeah it's like stuff is definitely happening right there <laughs> just... that's one of the biggest okie dokes in the world to me uh, that baseball players are the highest played athletes they and I, oh, I'm yeah. saying I, you can't see my air quotes but I did throw them up for athletes yeah for athletes yeah. <laughs> I did throw them up <laughs> Not all of them, but some of them is like, mm, I can't believe you get paid this much. What are you right. doing? Yeah, it's crazy to me. Play a sport where you can get fatter. <laughs> from it's quite better. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I can gain weight and somehow become a better player. Like, yeah. Make that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. He went from being 185 to 250 in one of all. Best players of all time in the same time. Like, no, how? <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he gained he gained a gut. It wasn't a <laughs> it wasn't muscle. Yeah, it wasn't. Dude, you can't you can't look at a picture of I think it's Cecil Fielder and tell me. I don't know if you've ever seen Cecil Fielder, but you can't see a picture of Cecil Fielder and tell me that uh baseball is a sport of athletes. It's just not. <laughs> it's Cecil Fielder. Let me take a I can't remember if it's him or Cecil Fielder Jr. because his son played too, but I think it's Cecil Fielder. Cecil Fielder was like heavy. Oh man, he he looks like the he looks like the dad from uh, Family Matters. Yeah, he is like if Carl played baseball. That's Cecil Fielder. Like Like he's a little slimmer than Carl, but not my. If you found him in his uh, if you if you look found him near the end of his career, he was he he was packing some some like a gut. I mean, he was straight up and down, Carl. Though, shout out yeah. to Carl and Family Matters. Uh, oh, yeah. Carl, Carl uh, was low key, a uh, very, very um, dope physical comedian. Yeah, like his use of space. And then there's a uh, if you watch because I, I have done this. And, and by the way, shout out to Hulu. Uh, so Family Matters on Hulu. I did a whole rewatch of it. I mean, you're in a quarantine. Yeah. What are you doing with your life if you're not rewatching all your favorite shows? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm running through Fresh Prince. I'll come back to that. Uh, but like I was watching it and there's an early episode where like uh, Harriet and Carl are like going to a dance competition mm-hmm. and if you watch uh, I think the name of the um, is it Reginald Vale Johnson I think is the name of the actor who plays Carl right. yeah see. Reginald Vale Johnson I believe plays Carl um, if you watch that episode with, with him yep, he, he's working up a sweat in the, in the episode but he is straight up and flat out dancing and, and it's it's he's on beat and he he is like like really like impressively dancing where you're like holy shit Carl can dance <laughs> and like there's a whole thing where like they like they're talking about it where he's talking trash to this one other player like oh we're gonna win the competition and you're like come on Carl you're not the only competition you're gonna win is gonna invo- involve eating donuts you know typical yeah. cop joke blah 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 and then he started dancing I was like okay I got some respect for this <laughs> like, <laughs> like all right uh, he might he might take home a trophy or two. Like he, he really can dance. And I think you see that in like all of the, like some of the physical stunts in comedy that both he and Jaleel White did. Like a lot of the real, uh, like some of the funnier physical comedy, I guess, bits and sequences between him and Jaleel White were grounded in his ability and Jaleel, White, Jaleel White's ability to really play um, a true physical, like play up the physical comedy aspects of mm-hmm. their characters. 
like he, he I think Reginald Johnson understood that he was like uh you know a little bit oversized. He understood like how he looked and how he appeared, and he was really good at playing and like stage acting and, and using his body to, to like uh you know get laughs, to get comedy and to tell a story in some cases. Like he was he's really uh in my opinion, one of the the underrated you know sitcom actors, just because of what he did and for how long he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get a lot of when you're uh, what Steve Urkel's when you're <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying when you're Steve Urkel. I, I yeah. almost said side piece, but that's that's not the right term. Yeah, side piece. <laughs> like, no, side piece is what I meant, but like yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't use the wrong word. Side piece is, is what I meant, but it's, that's not quite right. I guess we, yeah. when. Uh, I, what I was gonna say, also, what I thought was when, uh, like, a nine-year-old kid makes you his bitch, like you can't. <laughs> you know, but, that, but again, not fair. That's not fair. It's undercutting my point. <laughs> when when you when you're on a show that ends up being centered around a ten-year-old actor, that is the type of phenomenon that it that Steve Urkel was. Think about how like uh, you he had a cereal. Yeah, he had you a cereal. You got once you have a cereal. Do you know how many people like Michael Jordan is arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Yeah. He has his own brand. So he has basketball shoes, clothing. This nigga don't have a cereal. <laughs> like he's got, he was on a Wheaties box like maybe four or five times. But Michael Jordan doesn't cereal. have a cereal. Yeah. Does he have Jordan nose, Jumpman nose? Like he doesn't. Urkel had a cereal. Like that's, that's crazy to me. Like yes. normally you have to be a tiger or a leprechaun, or, or no, or, or, or an captain. <laughs> you gotta be a captain. You gotta be somebody to get your own cereal. <laughs> I'm telling you, Urkel. Urkel doesn't know magic. He he's not in the army, or in the, he's not he's not in the navy. He's not a thief. He's just an everyday, uh, you know, teenage black dude who who's a little too appreciative of cheese which is like how are you black like are you not like <laughs> like the rest of us like yeah. what are you doing but you know he's who just you know loves cheese and knowledge yeah and apparently that's all it takes to get urkelos yeah yeah well i mean he did also do those things in chicago so i mean grain of salt yeah <laughs> a lot of people don't a lot of people don't survive chicago it's it, it's it's almost like if you're black in in chicago like just surviving is your superpower. <laughs> like, he like, survived like, and got cereal? Dang. <laughs> he survived. Yeah, he survived and got his own cereal. Oh, I feel like if Superman was like, Superman came to Chicago and met Steve Urkel, and Superman was like, yo, a dude shot a gun at me. It hit me in the eyeball, and the bullet bounced away. And Steve Urkel would be like, yeah, well, I'm this in fucking Chicago for 20 years. I feel like Superman's like, how the fuck? Are you doing this? How <laughs> did you manage that? Yeah. That's a superpower I cannot understand. <laughs> Do you have a kryptonite? Is there any weaknesses? And yeah. Steve's just like, not really. I mean, Laura, technically. <laughs> technically. Technically. <laughs> that's the only thing he would debase himself for. But that's pretty much it. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's. It's amazing when you think about it, Steve Urkel, and 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 by you know by default, I think a lot of the other supporting cast members, um, specifically Reginald Vell Johnson, I think didn't get enough uh, like love for what he did on that show. Like that show doesn't exist without him. I can't even imagine him and Uncle Phil too. I think Uncle Phil, and it's unfortunate, but he he really started kind of getting the outpouring of love when he passed, and it's super unfortunate though because like you know. For a lot of us as like, you know, Americans who grew up in families, even if we had fathers, those father figures felt more like our fathers in some cases than our actual fathers. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not they were present in your life, uh, our actual fathers weren't perfect. And those father figures, while they made quote unquote mistakes written into the script, obviously, like, you know, coming back around in 30 minutes and being like, yo, I made a mistake is far-fetched if you're in some households. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's some shit that I, I, will, I will never hear an apology for. <laughs> so oh, I was like, no. let's just chalk that up. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. watching that as a kid and being like, yo, parents can apologize for shit? You don't just get smacked in the face and told to shut up? Like, really? <laughs> Where is this magical land and how can I find these people? 
there really must be some magic clue behind these gentle <laughs> ones. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just real love versus not every scene. <laughs> <laughs> real love. Oh, I know the, every word to the Family Matters theme song. Like it's, it's. it's <laughs> I, 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 and I will drop it in casual conversation just to see if you catch on. But anyway, no, um, yeah, no, I, I feel like that's. I feel like we don't give him enough credit for that. He, mm-hmm. he, maybe not like to the extent that I feel like Bill Cosby fucked that up for everybody though, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, not only was it like, he kind of fucked up like the, the America's dad game, but then like, you know, he was also raping people. So then we found out America's dad is a rapist. And I feel like that's, that's yeah. just fucked up on so many different levels. Yeah. Man, Bill Cosby. I don't yeah. know if, like the only benefit of that is is just knowing that like bill cosby is very likely going to die in jail and he should he should very likely die in jail yeah but it's just the fact that yeah that he had that image for so long and then now he got i mean yeah the the truth got exposed like from that i think that's yeah not just that but also like how much of him was centered around kind of uh the judgmental telling other people to straighten their shit up. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like yeah, how your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Like how yeah. much of his, his persona was around pushing this, this kind of like, uh, almost like, 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 I guess it's false, obviously, but it's almost like this like Americana, like image of like, you know, the, the, I don't want to say the tame Negro, but it, it came across <laughs> as, you know, like of like, Oh, well, he, I'm a black person, like always smiling, always kind of friendly. And it, it while it, it, you know, while the Cosby show, I think did do uh, wonders for, for representation um, for its time. I, I, I do look back on it now and look on back on like shows from that time period now. <laughs> and like a lot of the characters in those shows, uh, you know, you, you kind of had to hit perfection. You you didn't really like outside of you know maybe good times where uh, all of the characters were were flawed and like you know kind of lived in the hood and, and you know were purposely the only real I guess issue with that is they were just way too happy to be in the projects that's not the way people live in yeah. the projects are like they are not that happy like, yeah. no one is is just singing and dancing and talking about the good times in the projects there are no good times in the projects people <laughs> just please understand that um, but like. Outside of that, like most of the shows always kind of presented and, and again, not not in a I'm not here saying like like the black experience should only be like black people are impoverished, but <laughs> like for a long time we didn't get to see anything but like successful black people on television. <laughs> and like black people who make the right decisions and who like, you know, didn't, you know, would go astray, but then like in 30 minutes realize like, oh well, you know, morally this isn't who I am. And so I, I won't take these speed pills or you know i won't cheat on the test whatever bullshit but there was there was never an opportunity to be like let's focus on the black people who are just like yeah no i i'm i'm a piece of shit like i I would love a show where it's or even the ability for no for a black person be like no i'm a horrible person i'm not a good person and you don't have to like i i'm not any better than anyone else in some cases in regards i might be worse than other people and I'm still just as valid as anyone else. Uh, there's there's entire ass TV shows where like white people are the lowest common denominator of persons. Yeah, they like they like shameless or like um. Uh, it's always, always sunny. sunny. Yeah. There's a show called You're the Worst where it is yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> where it's about uh two people who are literally the worst. So like <laughs> like it, it's a it's a brand of comedy that I think we don't get to delve into very much because we don't get to be horrible. Like mm. and it's 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 not in a standpoint of of like there's people out there who are like oh well there's no one who wants to see horrible black people is it from a standpoint of uh like if i made a show about like um you know black people and again I, let me rephrase this when i say horrible people like not you know all morally upstanding people yeah i, I think what has happened and and i i'm not sure if this is a good or a bad thing but what's happened is that you know in, in some cases for a long time, representation for black people and brown people were as the criminals, the terrorists. And to course correct for that, we all went to the other direction where now we're all doctors and lawyers and, you know, and 
the, the thing is, is that All those things, and when you, on, you watch television and media, where you see all the lawyers who are black and brown people, but then in real <laughs> life, you meet the black and brown people who are the FedEx drivers, the black and brown people who you know may not even have a job; they might be homeless, they might they might of other things. Well, we see the representations uh, of those people. Um, in those situations uh, who are white in the media, both good and bad representations. There's romanticizing of like, you know, homelessness in the hobo lifestyle. And I, and I realize as I'm saying that, the saying that out loud feels mad problematic, but there's, there's romanticizing of that in, in media throughout <laughs> time. But when it comes to being black in that, it, it's always negative connotation. And I'm not saying that we should romanticize homelessness now. I, I, that's not, the route I'm, I'm saying we should take, but I think we should note the fact that when it comes to representation, uh, we really are for well, not are I guess now we're not doing as much, but for a long time we really were only showing uh, like families who were you know well off and, and doing well. Like I, I, the shows that stand out to me the most were the ones where the families weren't doing so great. Like I don't know if anyone remembers, uh, like I think it was like in '92 or '93 there was a show called Rock that was just you know barely getting by. They were just you know struggling to hold on to their house. And those are the kind of shows that I guess spoke a little bit more to me because those were the shows that, you know, resonated and mirrored the experience that I, I guess I was having in America at the time. And I, I want more of those shows, I guess. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, I look forward to a time when we can have more shows like that where it's, and I think some to some extent shows like Insecure, um, bro, okay. <clears throat> you know, like some of the, uh, like, and some of the sketch shows and the material that they deal with, like a Black Lady sketch show and uh, Astronomer's Club on netflix and some of the material they deal with they do kind of dive into that and i think we also are kind of seeing a little bit more uh like kind of fun weird black comedy so things like uh oh, what is it i want to say i think it's spencer's showcase on uh bravo yeah it's uh also kind of like that kind of weird black comedy and i think we're starting to see more of that open up and i'm kind of excited for it and i hope we see more of that open up as well yeah Yo, have you been doing any stand up? Me? No. Yeah. I mean, I guess Zoom I've done. All? You done any Zoom did. comedy at all? What's up? Yeah. Zoom? I mean, like at this point, it's, yeah, it's like Kleenex, right? I think when I you did. say Zoom, you mean just like teleconferencing. One. It wasn't yeah. Zoom. I think I, I did uh, for. Um, I mean, I mean like, how, how, how are your feelings on I did the Flying Boots, you know, like you Facebook had the experience Live one. Of kind of doing, uh, a couple weeks I guess ago. That was the closest thing to us, like teleconference comedy. Like, how do you feel about it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, just like just talking, just talking in front of my computer. Yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, how do I feel about it? I I still, um, I no, I I actually enjoyed it. Like I I just like an opportunity, you know, to give you know, to like tell jokes, like see how they work. And yeah, it's not like it's not what we're used to, but still, it's like you're you're using i mean you're using the tools that that you have to like to still convey a, a message so i i would I, I enjoy it like i would still say it's like it's, it's exactly the same no but i don't uh i would definitely i would do it again and i'd like i like i like people attempting to do it like that last sentence uh would also apply to methadone if you ask someone yeah, methadone. <laughs> like yeah how is methadone i mean it's not i mean it's even look it's not it's clearly not the same thing but would it's i do it again same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do it again. <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta get this, man. <laughs> like, I mean it's still understand. It's, it's just you gotta make do with what you have. Yeah. No, yeah. you know, I, I will say I, I like it. It's been fun uh every time I've done mm -hmm. it. Uh I will say, and I like the fact that you know, jokes that uh I got the chance to kind of write and test and build out mm -hmm. before uh you know all this happened still land and hit just as hard as they would, you know, uh, in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. I think the, the issue that, um, I am, I guess I would be most concerned about from a zoom comedy standpoint. And that, uh, is, I guess the biggest thing from hindrance or obstacle for me as a comedian, when it comes to zoom comedy is 
mm-hmm. it's not really conducive to finding like an audience for writing jokes. So like mm-hmm. for telling jokes, I can always get like, you know, some people in to like hear these fresh jokes, right? So there's always like a, a Zoom show where it's like, oh, here are these com- comedians, they'll tell like this many jokes. And they'll be, you know, between the four or five of the comedians who are on the show, we can pull enough people because you don't need to fill as many seats as you would with the venue, right? So you could pull like 16 people in and that goes. But like for writing jokes, the, the problem is, is like you, you need like an actual audience, right? And so it can't yeah. be people who, uh, it, it, to an extent, also I, I wouldn't, for instance, uh, pull people into a Zoom show where I'm testing out new jokes. I would never like share a Zoom link where it's like open mic. I fuck that. So I <laughs> it's like I like my open mic time is meant to be done in front of an audience that I may or may not ever see again. The ideal is <laughs> ideally yeah. I never see you again. That like <laughs> maybe I burn it down and I have a great mic and it's like, oh man, that was the best three minutes we ever heard. But likely what'll happen is like, yeah, that was that was forgettable and I want you to forget it. <laughs> and I don't need you to, I sure as fuck don't need you to show up for it. So like, that's the issue. So like zoom room, like right now there isn't a zoom open mic that pulls in enough audience members for me to be able to test shit that I've been working on. You know, it's jokes that I, I've been working that like, you know, cause I still write, but yeah, part of the writing process for me, the refining process to, to having something that like I would trust to you know do on stage that I would trust to do at a paid show, for example, where I like, I know as soon as I say this, I'm going to get laughs. Mm-hmm. Like to get to that point, you really do have to kind of work jokes in front of an audience. And, and I will say that uh, I did this subconsciously without realizing I was doing it, but you know, I would, you know, I'm just going to open mics, right? So I'm just going to open mics, yeah. you know, just testing yeah. out stuff, going to open mics, testing out stuff, trying this, keeping track of what like works and what doesn't. And like, oh, it worked here Tuesday. Let me try it Wednesday. It's, you know, uh, club comedy and then work club comedy. Let me try it Thursday at Paradise. What worked Thursday at Paradise? Let me try it Friday at like Jai Tai. Work Friday at Jai Tai. Let me try it Saturday at like uh, fucking Beacon Hill <clears throat> at, um, at, I forgot Dan Hurwitz, Mike. Well, my bad, Dan. Um, uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue, too. It's something in something. And is, is one of the words, and that's tip and drag. Just got it. So, yes. <laughs> yay. So, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so, like, that kind of was how I was building my jokes. And so I was working through, you know, every week, just finding mics and then testing out jokes. And, and I didn't realize how much, how many times I was telling them and really working through them until we hit this pause and, you know, I'm still writing jokes. I'm like, well, let me test them. And I, you know, I do my, my whole test system where like I write the joke, I look at it and then I, I immediately uh, don't look at it again for like another two weeks. Cause like, I hate it. And then that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first step. It's, it's a, it's a couple steps in the process. And then uh, after the second step is I pull it back up and I look at it. I'm like, all right, so is it that bad? And usually like, I, I like, I write a little bit more and then I delete what I wrote. So I'm like, Nope, I still hate it. Uh, and then I put it away again. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I'm sitting around and I'll be like sitting with my wife and I'm like, you know, I wrote a couple of jokes and it's like, oh yeah, let me hear them. And then uh, I'll just, you know, tell her the joke that I, I that I've been trying to forget, though I've now at this point know it word for word because in my head I've just been turning it over <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and so then I try it with her and then she hears it. And then if she doesn't laugh at it, then either I get defensive and I tell her she doesn't know what's funny anyway. <laughs> or <laughs> Or uh, she doesn't laugh at it. And I'm like, fuck, that joke's not funny. And then I don't try it. Uh, and by the way, she's she shelved uh, two really, really funny jokes that I pulled out later. And I was like, you were wrong. Um, <laughs> and and there's also times when like, she laughed at jokes. I'm like, all right, cool. And then when she laughs at them, then that's when we we take those. And like I usually like actually don't. I think she knows I do this, but like uh, I color code those jokes for the week and then I, I go through and that's that's how I, I keep track of all my jokes they're all in like a google key so like okay. i miss being able to like that write part of my writing process being able to like work it with an audience and it's it's hard like it's it, i think it's it'll be interesting to me when because we're we're starting to like churn out to where like we're starting to have like our first real shows back and it'll yeah. be really interesting to me to see um one um how many of the mics survived 
and will continue to survive in, in this this new era that we're in. Yeah. And then two, uh, you know, a lot of us who are <clears throat> at the point that that I think we're at in comedy where we don't have like, you know, five plus years of comedy under our belts. <laughs> You know, or ten plus years. I don't know. You might have. I, I can't. I can't speak for you. I don't have five plus years of comedy on my under my belt, right? I mean, I've been writing. Yes, <laughs> I've been writing most of my life, but I don't have, you know, five years worth of you know prepared stand up material. <laughs> and what will happen for us is, you know, I have. I think I'm at like maybe two and a half to three years worth of prepared material, <laughs> and that really does truncate what I'm capable of doing when we come back. So I, I would have been at a point where maybe I, I have like a, a legitimate, like solid hour of material at this point in my career. And I think I might be right now at like 35 to 40 minutes of like all tested. I believe in it material and I should be like 20 minutes further. So I feel like there's a lot of comedians who are in that same boat and, and maybe even worse where like, you know, if you haven't been doing Zoom comedy you haven't been testing your jokes out. It's been three months since you've told any of them. Like you're going to be a little rusty as in like figuring out timing, remembering the joke, yeah. not adding extra words in. That's like my, my biggest thing. And so like, I think it's, it's, it's going to be uh, an adjustment period. And then on top of that, it, it's going to be a fight for audiences uh, because, you know, there's fear, but also I think, you know, with a lot of the larger comedy clubs just going under. Oh yeah. There's just, more you know smaller rooms available and and I, it'll just be curious i don't know when we'll see another bar show again and there are a lot of us who you know that's our bread and you know that was our bread and butter where you know the yeah. bar show is our shit and unless you could pack out a theater you know at this point what are we doing you know so yeah i don't I'm know i guess sounds just let me go to a park <laughs> i mean you're saying that, but I I am doing a parking lot show <laughs> on the 21st. No, I, I think I think that's the thing. I think that's cause what's gonna take up or what's gonna yeah, because like like you said, like bar shows, like oh man, I, I, who knows if those if those are gonna happen in right? the near future, if again at all. If this year, right? I like, think it's even yeah. if they have, they're gonna happen again. I mean, yeah, at some again, point but... we'll hit vaccination and, and I'm, we'll get past we'll get past this, but it. I would be surprised if there was a bar show that happened this year. Oh yeah. And, Same. And I would be shocked. And, and not only would I be shocked, but if someone hit me up and was like, yo, do you want to be in a bar show this year? I would be like, nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. guess maybe I'd be like, how, how much time you got first? No. <laughs> You're in a hazmat suit. Like, <laughs> like 20, 25, what we looking at? 30 minutes. All right. Yeah. No, I'll be <laughs> like college boy. Uh, yeah. No, like it, all joking aside, I feel like, uh, you know, it may be next year before we get a bar show back, like things like festivals uh, and some of the, and I guess I was a little bummed out about this because I just hit, being able to like, you know, work a theater, like, you know, 100, 120 bigger and like really work in bigger rooms. And so some of that's also going to die out because I mean, we're, you can't get a hundred people or get a theater at capacity anymore. Yeah. So like, yeah. even like if you're in a room that holds like a hundred, uh, you know, you, you're truly going to have like 25 people in that room. And I don't know if you've done that before, but that shit is, I have tape of me doing that on YouTube and it is brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fun set. <laughs> It's a fun, yeah. it is a lot of, and I had fun doing it, but listening back to that shit and like, like you, I can pick out every single person who's laughing. I know who that person is laughing because that's how few people were in the room. And <laughs> it's like, yep, that's yeah. Karen. Uh, that, that was that one dude with the funny eye and it's like that mustache dude. It was just like, you can just, there's so few people in the room and it was in a theater for like 300 people. And I think there may have been 15 in it. And that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the new normal that we're coming up on, and you know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, because even with how uh, we convey like comedy, you know, the tight spaces and like you know laughs. I think you know, like a laugh carries. Where if if yes, like maybe it it hits on this left side of the room, and it takes its time working its way around the rest of the room, and it's it's the proximity to the laughter that kind of causes that, and the giggles that kind of comes with that. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm I'm excited for it because it's it's going to be a challenge. But yeah, I, I just I don't know what it's going to look like. So I'm also I guess there's a little bit of trepidation as well. 
Yeah, it'll be an adjustment for sure. But yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing. It's like, well, like you said, it's a, it's a new normal. So it's <laughs> it's what we got to work with. So it's what we'll we'll be working with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, none of us have any choice. But yeah, I, I'm just, and I'm also kind of curious to see. I I truly do think what we're gonna see is is the birth of of like new. I guess what we think of as as you know the legendary comedians we should start seeing the birth of more of those uh you know yeah. some of the the greats have fallen off um both you know maybe in skill uh sometimes in just uh you know <laughs> political stances sometimes yeah. in, in just criminal activity <laughs> like <laughs> yeah fall off yeah, like, different, yeah. for different reasons and, and what's happening yeah. though while their fan bases still exist i think what's happening is there's there's voids that are there yeah. you know being filled i think uh as fan bases age there's new comedians and not well new comedians and then new fans of comedy who are discovering it maybe you know you really haven't had a chance to really fuck with comedy but you're sitting around bored in the house and you check out a zoom show and now you're all about like i want to see a live show you know you and i both have experienced people who've come to live shows who've never been to one before and then after like well this is i'm into this shit now like i love this like this is such a great feel it's such a great vibe and hopefully that's something that like we'll see you know new fans and then because of there being new fans and i think there's also just more um there's more representation in general in comedy so there's it's easier now to find someone that uh like feels like you that, that like that you resonate with you know what i mean yeah it's easier now because there's so much more uh you know many more diverse voices and there's yeah. so many more voices in comedy now so hopefully we'll see some renaissance. I, I would love to see, uh, <laughs> this is fucked up, but <laughs> as I started saying this, I realized, like, sorry, halfway into this sentence, I realized this is fucked up. I started to say, I would love to see the death of improv, but <laughs> <laughs> halfway into the sentence, I realized that was fucked up. It's not going to happen, I, but it would be great. Like Some of the improv theaters that went down, like just quietly to myself. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> just to myself. They decided to all improv death, and they did it. You guys are doing great. <laughs> they improv. We don't have a sustainable model for performances. <laughs> we're, we're not COVID sustainable. And go. Um, oh, good. You all just found other jobs. Cool. You're a 7-Eleven clerk. And, and, oh, you're the construction worker tearing down this building. Very well done. <laughs> nice, <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> Good job, guys. Keep it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's rude. Um, but w- what we will see ideally is like even like uh, I have a friend who's an opera singer, and she okay. and her troupe uh, were scheduled to do a, a performance of uh, Lo Bohem, and because of COVID nineteen, they ended up you know they were like, well, how can we do this? And they did the entire performance. Uh, through Zoom conferences and like some creative, like some like creative, uh, playful like costuming from what they had at home, mm-hmm. and so they they did uh, Acts one two. I think they did Acts one and two, and they did them live too. So they they did YouTube live, oh, so you wow. could actually watch it live. Uh, and yeah. then uh, because they did it on YouTube, that they exist now, where you can go back and watch. Uh, you know, Act two. I think they have Act three coming up. And so I, it's one of those things where uh, it's. Personally, I I'm kind of excited to see how we use a, this new medium to to translate art. Right now, it it seems like we're just trying to you know simulate the things that we miss. But you know, to the your point, as this becomes more of a normal, I think it's going to start becoming less of a simulation of what we missed, and becoming kind of more efficient means for us to really do comedy. I saw a dude yeah. in a Zoom, and I realized that like I'm just rambling past an hour, and I apologize <laughs> for that. I know what time it is. <laughs> I'm paying attention to that. So I'm wrapping up, I promise. But I saw a dude um, in one of the last Zoom comedy shows I was on. I was in a show uh, with some people from Hawaii, uh, which is, has a really cool comedy scene. But I'm, I'm there with uh, some some friends, you know, some friends and comedians in Hawaii, and I'm just kind of doing a show there. And one of the dudes on the show uh, did the entire show from his bathtub. And what he did <laughs> is he, he, he had, like, all these built-in gags and like yeah. it, like he was I don't know if he had shorts on or not because I couldn't see but like it looked like he was just taking a bath and like <laughs> he's like oh hey oh hi there and he's like does a whole like oh, set yeah. yeah well hello there yeah. he has a whole set he has like all these uh like off camera I, I didn't realize this until you, you watch it you don't realize it. he has off camera has all these different like 
uh, cans of soda and beer. And he just keeps reaching off camera, grabbing a different one and like drinking and like taking a sip. And he'll sit it down, and he'll reach back and he brings back another one. You're like, wait a minute, didn't he have a bub? And then it's like, no, why is it a ginger ale now? And it's just, <laughs> and it's 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 truly brilliant. And it was it was honestly, you can't do that on a stage. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and yeah, you you're kind of the only real limitation, just like you know, on stage, is your imagination and your creativity. And it's this is just a, a new challenge, I think, for us to as creative artists, as comedians, as people who are, who are, you know, um, sacrificing a lot in the name of comedy, this is an opportunity for us to, you know, to grow and to, you know, maybe even potentially discover uh, something that can be a new avenue or even a new branch for us as we kind of keep trying to figure out how to move forward as comedians and as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And w- well, with that being said, like, so what's, uh, aren't you on a? Didn't you say you were on a Zoom comedy show? Or I am. Uh, so, as was mentioned, I am a black person, uh, and <laughs> yeah. as a black person, uh, I I'm celebrating Juneteenth, and I am on the Minority Retort uh, comedy show. It's actually so. God, give me a sec. I have all. I have a write up on this. Uh, so let okay. me plug it. Let me plug it correctly. One. Hot second. Um, so I'll plug the other other thing while I'm, I'm looking for this. Uh, so I'm also uh, on the Sunday. So uh, I'm, I had a show on Friday. It's a Zoom show. Sunday, I am physically in person for my very first stand up uh, like set back from uh, like back from quarantine. Uh, it's in a parking <laughs> lot. Uh, if you go to my Instagram right now, I have inst- information posted in my story. I'm going to post more information uh, to my actual Instagram. My Instagram is adjunct underscore J. Uh, it has location of where it'll be at as well as the time. But it is Sunday, at, I think, at 7 p.m. Um, and so that should be fun. Come on out. Um, please wear masks. We are encouraging social distancing as well. So, you know, we're trying to keep this as safe as possible. But, you know, like we said on this show, there's some things that you can't really uh, you can't really simulate with Zoom comedy that you can do with live comedy. And, and it's, it's an opportunity for if you've been cooped up in the house, it's an opportunity for you to come on out. And then the other comedy uh, show is, is with Minority Retort. Uh, it is currently being produced by X-Ray FM, um, <clears throat> which is a radio station based out of Portland. Uh, <laughs> I will be doing a five minute show i don't know oh, oh, no it's gonna be live it's gonna be live this friday at 7 p.m P, uh psd so uh pacific time um okay for links to both of those uh i will be updating my uh comedian uh page it's j jones comedy so uh j as in the letter jones spelled conventionally uh, as, as is comedy uh at uh, basically dot com um and i'll have all of that updated there so you I'll try to get Zoom links in, but one thing I will point out, uh, and and it's my own little personal side gripe about Zoom links, um, uh-huh. and and Zoom shows is uh, Zoom shows don't give you the link until like a minute before the show. Ooh, <laughs> it's it's like yeah, show starts at eight o'clock, seven fifty eight. They're like, yo, here's the link. <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you not have given this to me like an hour ago? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's a tight will call right there. You know <laughs> like, and here you go. <laughs> hey, can we get a mic check real quick? It's seven fifty eight. Can we? That's a great question. Can we get a mic yeah. check? <laughs> Tell me, play it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my own little oh. personal gripe. But um, I will get Zoom links. Um, if you follow me on Instagram or on Twitter, I shout out uh, all those shows. If you come to those shows, I really do appreciate it. If you've been to any of my sets before. Uh, this is a five minute set. So the good news is there's a solid chance. You're probably going to hear me do more newer jokes than any of my older stuff. Uh, so like a lot of my older stuff, I can't, I can't get it into five minutes. I can't squeeze, I can't squeeze jokes about Harriet Tubman into five minutes. I just, I can't do it. (laughs) It's, it's impossible. Um, she, it took her that, that long just to line up the run to freedom. Uh, But it, it come on out. It'll be a good time. Um, if you're in the Seattle area, the parking lot show, like I said, uh, right now, it, my Instagram, uh, Agile underscore J does have that in my story. I will be sure to post it to my, my photos as well. I got some work to do after I finish this. That's, mm-hmm. 
that's the, the downside of being, I think, uh, a comedian without a manager or an agent where you're, you're just handling that yourself. Like I have to update my own. Like I have to go update my tour. Like, I gotta do hey, this. Like, who's gonna do my lightweight? Me. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So like, I'll, I'll get that updated. Actually, I'll, I'm gonna do some spend some time on that tonight. Uh, so that'll all be updated tonight. And by, I assume by the time this is posted, y'all uh, y'all can be able to hit that and be able to get that information. Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> also, uh, entrepreneurial secret. Just a okay. little top tip for you. Uh, say you're going to do stuff on a podcast that is going to be posted later. So that way you have to do that shit you said you're going to do. <laughs> Promise things. <Yeah. laughs> that way you have to fulfill your promises. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely, man, because I plan on putting this out in an hour or so. so okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, great. So, heat is on. <laughs> Can I get my sites updated before you get this up? Yeah. I guess we're gonna find oh. out. <laughs> you can't see it, oh. but I'm 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 like Usain Bolt right now. I'm just up waiting for the gun. As soon as it shows up, I'm running. It's <laughs> yeah, Usain Bolt on the keyboard, <laughs> just 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 ready. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, that's been Jay Jones, everyone. I guess might as well give like one last uh yeah one last shout out to like what your uh Instagram and Twitter. It's like ad- it's adjective underscore j yep i'm adjective underscore j on twitter uh, and instagram i'm also technically adjective underscore j on facebook but I, like i don't really use facebook and also, yeah, uh, yeah. while i have the chance thanks for having me on this was dope like i had a lot of fun uh, i feel like i talked a little too much but nah man. i always kind of feel you like talk that too much on the show about talking <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i came on and all i did was talk like there's not enough like long pauses with nothing in it I, and i don't know if that's a thing you're into but Let's give them one. Let's give them a long pause just so that they're like. Okay, long pause. Yeah. Like, here, here, ask me something. Okay. Something. Truthfully? I don't know. Truthfully. <laughs> long pause. There you go. You got a little something, everything. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got everything. You got a little bit of everything in this show. You got a lot of talking, got a long pause. Hitting, hitting all the check marks. <laughs> I'm fulfilling needs. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. Hitting those switches, hitting those check marks. Right there. <laughs> high high octane performance rate. <laughs> Never say I let uh, them down. Never say I let them down. <laughs> <laughs> Never say the, the the little people better not say I never did anything. <laughs> It's lightweight out here. <laughs> All right, that's been Jay Jones. Well, Jay, once I mean, thank you for being on. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, it's been a good time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>